0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. We are still alive in the playoffs. I am Scott Jensen, joined, as always, by Andrew Laird. Uh, Andrew, it's the playoffs. It's week 18, I guess we call it. Uh, We're still here. There's a lot of DFS. Uh, Best thing about DFS is that it still goes on in the playoffs. We can still have fancy football in the playoffs, but uh, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm good. It's,
2: uh, you know, I mentioned it last week's another year where I don't have to worry about the Jets in the playoffs, so um, I get to just, I, you know, dive all in on some do, other teams.
1: I do have to worry about the 49ers in the playoffs, but luckily not this week.
2: That's right. That's the best. The best. I have oh. no idea what that's like, but it sounds really nice.
1: Uh, it's been a long time since I know it was like, but uh, it was fun. That uh, that Seahawks game on Sunday was uh was quite the quite the loud occasion in my house. It was uh, there was not a lot of uh, quiet moments in that fourth quarter. It was a really solid win. Like that's that's a no matter like
2: how good or bad. I mean they're obviously good this year, the Seahawks. But like that's a really tough place to play.
1: Yeah, I may have uh, I may have accidentally dropped an F bomb in front of the in laws on the last play of the game. But uh, you know life goes on. Oh, that's all right.
2: I thought you were going to say it in front of your daughter, and I'm like, oh, that's that's always a tough. One. Uh,
1: I'm sure. She was she was probably somewhere in the house. She was not in the room at the time. But, uh,
2: <laughs> so. Sports make us do so, some fun uh, things.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt there. So uh, we have the we have the wild card week. The fun thing with these first couple of weeks of the playoffs, we have four games to uh, to pick from. So it's not quite uh, not quite a showdown slate that the, the Super Bowl and the AFC NFC Championship game kind of get into. Um, just a note on so we'll ta- be talking about kind of the Saturday Sunday slates. Uh, DraftKings their their main games uh, seem to be like the four game set. FanDuel has split up a little more. They have like a their main games seem to be like one Saturday, one Sunday. They do have some Saturday Sunday crossovers, but the bigger games to do the one-day things, but I think uh, if you are okay with that, I think we'll kind of go with the overall slate as the general feel here.
2: I mean, as somebody who primarily plays on DraftKings and uh, yesterday got suspended from FanDuel, I'm perfectly fine for that.
1: <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I, <clears throat> I, I'll let you
2: <laughs> I, I am still waiting to find out like why I was suspended. I, it's funny because I, I don't play on FanDuel that much, so... My guess is somebody got into my account and decided to start playing, and they were like, whoa, 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 you don't play this much on FanDuel. But um, yeah, I like, contacted them, and they said within 24 to 48 hours, I would find out why my account was suspended. And uh, it's been about 24 now, and I have heard nothing, so we'll find out if I'll play on FanDuel this weekend or not.
1: So when I do note a Fanduel salary, I'm going to use the I'm use the crossover the the four game slate uh, salary. The salary is a little bit higher as uh, to be expected on the two game slate, just because you you know want to make it not so easy with the, with less games. But uh, when I do note a salary, it will be for the for the four game slate. Just a heads up on that. So uh, let's do uh, just, just look at the overall slate real quick. Uh, look at some over unders, some spreads. Uh, the first game of the week we have uh, Buffalo at Houston. Houston favored by two and a half. Over under forty three and a half. It's the first AFC game. Other AFC game is Tennessee at New England it has suddenly got a lot more interesting after last week's developments with the, the Patriots losing the Dolphins. New England fair by five and a half over under a 44 in that game. Uh, do you have a preference in that? And between those two is one that maybe could get uh, a little back and forth and high scoring.
2: Uh, I'm going to say Houston Buffalo. Okay. Uh, I just uh, think that the Patriots are in a very good position just to muddy that game against a team that previously used to get wins by muddying them up. But uh I just have way too many experiences of thinking that the Patriots are done only to see them not be done. And <clears throat> Bills Texans I think is you know, we have the Bills are obviously very good defensively, but they're strangely able to put up some points sometimes and the Texans we know that um are able to do that when when they're on. So I just see that one being a little more high scoring.
1: Yeah, I agree there. I think that, that has a feel of a little bit that so could go back and forth more right. than the other games. It's wild. You look at the Patriots, they've allowed eight touchdowns uh, to other offenses all year at home. So that's eight touchdowns in eight games. The math there is pretty simple. But it's wild. You look at this Tennessee team. Since week seven, they lead the NFL in yards per play. And they had a TD on 36% of their possessions. So It's wild. In terms of, of teams of offenses who are beyond sneaky right now, I mean, I think that, you know, that, that sneakiness has gone away. Everybody's talking about Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. But uh, they're they're quietly, like, the best offense in the NFL in the second half. But maybe behind the Saints. But, like, top three for sure.
2: Which is nuts. Like, is a it, Ryan the Ryan Tannehill-led offense, yeah. I mean, you would have to expect that, I mean, the whole thing with the, the Patriots defense over the years is, like, Belichick identifies, you know, the, the the one offensive part that he wants to take away, which is funny that everybody, like, gives him credit for that as if, like, other defensive uh, teams aren't, like, are just sitting there like, let's just stop everything. But, like, you would have to think that Derrick Henry is the focus of that defense, right?
1: You would think. I mean, you think you focus on Derrick Henry, let Stephon Gilmore guard AJ Brown, then right. you know let everybody else uh, beat you. And it's uh, but I, I mean that New England offense is just so bumbling right oh now. I mean gosh. Julian Edelman is, feels, feels more healthy this week, which is which is a good sign for them. But I mean they were seventeen point favorites last week in a game that mattered against the Dolphins at home and lost and couldn't stop Miami late. It's uh, I don't know. That's a real problem. That was not like a oh we we don't need this game that much. I mean that was a huge game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh we referenced this on a podcast a few weeks ago, but that's that game was literally the first time ever in the regular season that the Patriots lost at home um with Brady and Edelman playing. Edelman was obviously banged up, but like um I don't know. It's it's I th- th- this Patriots team is like unrecognizable at this point. Uh obviously the the out talent beyond Edelman who's banged up is just probably the worst that Brady's ever had. And so I mean, if, if there was ever a time for a team to go in there and win, it's now, but it's still, I mean, it's still Bill Belichick, right?
1: And just, and just so we're clear, that was not a real stat. Was it not? <laughs> May feel like it for a Jets fan. Wait, that really wasn't? I They'd saw a whole list. A It was on the internet. No. Interesting. They, must have lo- they, they lost a couple of games, didn't they? They must have lost a couple of games.
2: Not with both of them playing. That's what it was. So I figured you were just making
1: one. that up. It feels like they'd never lost.
2: No, I mean, maybe the, I, there was a huge, it was like, I mean, the, the list wasn't nearly as long as you would expect it to be, but like, right. It's still, yeah. I'll have to go back and see if that was true because I'm pretty sure. Uh, that I was might true. have to
1: check. I might have to check that one too. Yeah. Um, NFC uh, a little more of a I think the sexier matchups They're yes. both on Sunday We have uh, the, the Vikings I almost said the twins The Vikings at the Saints <laughs> New Orleans match 7.5 Over under 49.5 Easily the highest uh, t- Vegas total in this slate um, The Saints have just been cruising Since Drew Brees came back He's been on fire uh, Saints only ele- only 7 turnovers all year long I found that pretty <sighs> wild
2: That is crazy Wow
1: I mean, I know that Teddy Bridgewater took no chances, and Drew Brees is obviously excellent with the interceptions. But uh, I think that's only three or two or three fumbles too, which is which is pretty wild. Yeah, that is good. And then we have uh, we have the Seahawks uh, headed to Philly to play the Eagles, the the banged up Eagles. They're getting a little bit healthier, but still pretty banged up. And now Miles Sanders has the ankle injury from last week. Uh, Seattle's favored by a point and a half. The one uh, road team that's favored this week over under a forty-five. There, uh, these are this is the one game where the teams did play earlier this year. Seattle won seventeen to nine an ugly game in week 12 in Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. Philly's a weird, like every time they win, I'm just like, how did this team win? Like, I just don't see where they, and that's somebody who was like ready to play Carson Wentz in cash last week, but, um, Carson, Carson Wentz is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Although every time he makes a mistake, I feel like Twitter's filled
1: with like, he's actually not that good, but, um, yeah, a lot of those are, of those are Dak Prescott fans who think that Dak's better.
2: There's a lot of that. Did you happen to see the, uh, Carson Wentz shade throwing on Instagram from uh, at Dak.
1: No, I missed that.
2: Dak posted some picture or something like that, and it was uh, whatever it was. And Wentz was like, "Oh, you don't have plans this weekend." <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Uh, I love it. So, so, so let's jump into these slates. We got four games. You know, obviously, uh, much, uh, much, much fewer players to talk about than we normally do. But uh, you know, it's it's still a, it's still a fun little slate, and it's one that I think that uh, if you can figure out. Which of the three non Saints games, Mike, a little back and forth is, is a good way to win? I think that's Seattle, Philadelphia, but uh, we can talk about it as we get into it. Let's start with running backs. Uh, weird week for running backs. There's just not a lot to pick from. There's, there's like a pretty clear big three uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry. Uh, priced as such on DraftKings, Henry's 8,200, Cook is 7,800, Camara is 7,400. Uh, do you have a preference that you're going to be building and starting your team with among these three? Because I think these will be clearly the three most popular, uh, at least from any anybody above like six thousand.
2: Yeah, the the one that seemed to fit the most was Camara, just in like builds that I was putting, which um, we. I think we've made our opinions felt previously on the podcast of how much we like to trust Alvin Kamara in lineups. And um, it just seems like he's oh, never like he, he goes off when I don't have him. And then when I have him, is, he's awful. Um, it's really the matchups that put him ahead though. I mean, playing at home against Minnesota is obviously much better than playing at New England or at new Orleans. And so, I mean, you would think that Henry gets his plenty of touches, but, Ultimately, you know, I don't know. There's the the Belichick thing just drives me nuts because it makes it just skews how I think about everything, Uh, which makes me think like maybe Henry is just not worth it. If he's, you know, even if he gets 25 touches, um, paying 8,200 on DraftKings for that, uh, he's really expensive on the FanDuel single game, I think, or single day, excuse me.
1: Yeah, he is on the dual day, too. He's 9,300 on the dual day. Okay,
2: that's what I was looking at, so. Um,
1: he's 95 on 95. That, just yeah. Saying.
2: So it's just like, you really have to want him if, if that's where you're going. And so cook obviously is, uh, has been banged up, Um, should be fully healthy at this point, but just matchup wise um, in terms of like who they're facing, the, the implied total, like Camara makes the most sense of the three.
1: Do you know Which how many uh, running backs have a rushing touchdown against the Patriots this year against the Patriots?
2: Uh, a rushing touchdown right uh
1: zero one Gus Edwards in week seven huh is that crazy they that's get crazy. one rushing touchdown running back all year I mean some of that is fluky I get that but that's an absurd stat for over 16 weeks that no like you get running back to the two-yard line they're gonna score that happens but one all year
2: yeah I mean like six games against the Jets Bills and Dolphins helps I guess but that is pretty wild
1: yeah, you know, Kalen Balazs is not going to score against the Patriots. I get that, but that's still, uh, still pretty crazy. The other uh, running back to score touchdown was Duke Johnson. He had, a, he had a receiving touchdown, but. Henry's wild. I mean, he had the huge game last week, stole the rushing title from Nick Chubb right at the end. There, 211 yards. He has 140 plus yards in four or six weeks. We talked about 100 yard games a lot, kind of it's a round number, but 140 plus is just another level for a running back, especially in today's NFL. Uh, he's the one guy that game script could hurt him, though. Him, both him and Cook. Uh, I think Cook, even if they get behind uh, to the Saints, he's going to be so involved in the passing game, they'll still stay involved. Henry not really catching a ton of passes. As they get behind, you know, they start to throw the ball. Maybe he could get game scripted out, but. He's so important to that team. you got to think they stick with him as much as they can, and that's the way that, they, that they're, they're going to try and beat New England. But um, I think I agree with Kamara. I just uh, – I don't know. He, he worries me a little bit. You know, the touches are never huge, but um, you know, it's wild. You look at Henry. Uh, hasn't been over – or I mean, look at Kamara, sorry. Hasn't been over 50 yards rushing since week three. Hasn't run for 100 yards all year long. Hasn't had 15 carries in a game since week five. I mean, that's a long stretch where he really has not gone off. He had the two touchdowns the last two weeks, so I get that he's done really well fantasy-wise there. But – uh, doesn't really have any big football games like football or fantasies. since like week three.
2: But like going into this game, do you think his ceiling is higher than Henry and cooks?
1: Uh, probably just because if they get ahead, like he's the guy that could score three touchdowns and, and put up a bunch of yards. Um, I think I like Dalvin Cook a little bit more in a full PPR kind of setting, just because I think that he's the one guy that even if they get behind, they're going to pass the ball to him a lot. Uh, my concern with him, obviously, is his shoulder. He was not the same guy at the end of the season. He was he was 47 carries for 144 yards last four games on the ground, so just hasn't been good. I'm hoping the couple weeks off helps, uh, but the problem with that is matchup. Like you mentioned, um, the Saints still haven't allowed 100 yard rusher. It's now up to 42 regular season games. It's still it's still Samaje Perine in Week 11 of 2017. Um, so I think Cook with the upside is probably the highest. I think Kamara is, de- Kamara is definitely the the floor guy and the safest guy. You know he's gonna put up numbers. They're gonna they should be winning this game. Um, you know they're so good at home and they're rolling right now. Um, I think in a in a cash format, I don't know if anybody plays cash in the four in the four gamers. I know people do. I prefer Kamara, but if I get a GPP, I'm probably taking uh, taking a shot on Cook.
2: I mean Cook doesn't get game scripted out like if they fall behind, like he'll be there catching yeah, passes too. Yeah. So like.
1: That's key. In a playoff game, there's no reason to like take it easy on them. Uh, you got to think they get you get a full compliment. The, 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 the path to winning this game is is Dalvin Cook controlling the ball, controlling the clock, and you know keeping Drew Brees from you know throwing six touchdowns. But uh, uh, the shoulder worries me a little bit. I mean, one bad hit, and all of a sudden we see we see a lot of uh, you know the backups. And Mike Boone looked good last week, which is kind of funny because everybody liked him the week before. But um, I think in a GBP, I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go Cook in a, in a cash game. I prefer Camaro. The
2: the odd thing is is that. None of them profile as a guy whose team gets up big and they run them into the ground. yeah, like that's true. obviously, the Saints could get up. I mean, they're favored by eight and a half. I think that's what it was. Um but like if they're up ahead, they're not gonna give Camara twenty five carries like they have Latavius Murray also. and yeah. i I don't see the the Vikings running out the Saints uh, as they're up, obviously in the same game. So then you're like, do the Texan or excuse me, do the Titans put up enough points against the Patriots where Henry gets 30 carries because they're running the game. i like, do you see that? Where is that in the realm of possibilities? Uh,
1: I mean, I think they have a good chance to win this game. I don't think they're going to be, you know, up milking the clock the whole second half. Yeah. But I mean, if they're up seven at any point in the in the third quarter, I mean, you're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry. Yeah. Just, I just, the upside is <clears> is tough with Henry. He's so good, but it's just that this defense is so good too that uh, it just, and you can see a game where, New England gets up thirteen to three, and all of a sudden it's Ryan Tannehill chucking the ball a lot too. It's just uh, I see a lot of paths where Henry is. Uh, I think he needs to score a touchdown to do really to do really well, and that's that's always dangerous. Do you
2: think that's enough? Of, like it, it seems to me that it's going to have to be like multiple touchdowns that they're down to really get away from Henry. This isn't like I, the yeah, Bengals I, with I, Joe I, Mixon, but like thirteen three seems like plenty of time to still run. Henry as much as possible. Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Third quarter, that would probably be st- still be a lot of Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, I don't think that New England. I, here, I guess the answer is I don't think New England can score enough. Uh, yeah, where I'm that, yeah. Where I'm that concerned, like it's, you know, 27 to nothing in the first half and there's no Derrick Henry. I don't I don't worry about uh, I don't really worry about that with him. I just think that New England's defense is just awesome. Yeah, I think he's the toughest player to project on this entire too. slate. I do, too, because it's so good and going. at such. It's like this this huge, like the best running back in football right now. Uh, against the best defense in football, especially against running backs. It's hard. It's just such a dichotomy between the two.
2: Right. Is running backs don't matter versus defenses don't matter.
1: <laughs> exactly. There you go. That, that could be a fun Twitter conversation yeah. right there. Uh, so then as we get down in running backs, you know, there aren't... Uh, the. It's tough to find uh, the cheap running back to play, but it's going to be key on the slate. You know, you're going to have to find some salary here. You're going to have to play... I mean, you could probably play two big guys and then go cheap elsewhere, but you know, you're going to need someone cheap at the flex or something. You're going to have to find... A cheap running back down here. There's, uh, I think the other popular one will be Devin Singletary. Uh, he's six thousand on DraftKings. He's at Houston. He's averaging nearly twenty touches a game in the last six weeks. Uh, not a lot of targets in the second half. Only one game over four targets, but did have seventy-five plus rushing yards in four of his last six. Uh, JJ Watt will be back and playing who knows how effective he will be, but that certainly helps the, the Texans run defense, but the, the Texans have allowed a lot of big plays. They've allowed 15, uh, runs of 20 plus yards at bottom five in the league. And that's that, um, do you like Singletary this week uh, before we get to the, the really cheap guys?
2: I think he's the easiest play on the slate. Like okay. that's, that's how so into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the Houston defense is awful and yes, Watts coming back. But like you said, it's been a long time since he's played, um, And Singletary is just considerably cheaper than the three guys we were just talking about um, when he probably has like his touch floor is probably higher than Camara's. It's definitely lower than Cooks and Henry's, but he's also he has the best matchup uh, in terms of the defense that he's facing. So with 6,000 on DraftKings, I think he's he's an easy play for me.
1: Yeah, you think he's the highest percentage guy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because I think everybody slots him in and they like, take one of the one of the three above him and they kind of split a little bit. I think that uh, you're probably right there. So in that same range, uh, you drop down a little bit. Uh, your boy Boston Scott is 5,800 on DraftKings. Kings. Uh, another great week last week. Miles Sanders hurt his ankle. Uh, Scott had three touchdowns, uh, 84 yards receiving, 54 yards rushing. He has six-plus targets need to last for a week. Uh, he's pretty live if, if Miles Sanders sits. Uh, Seattle's allowed multiple rush TDs in four straight games. Uh, not a good stat for their defense. I don't think the Seattle defense is good. I think they, they live on reputation a little bit in people's minds. Um, it's just tough because if Sanders plays, it sounds like he's going to play. It's a low ankle sprain, and they think he's going to play. It's, it's hard to figure out uh, the touches between him and and it, Jordan Howard's there, too. He only had, I think he only had one touch last week. But yeah. uh, are you going to play Boston Scott at all this week, I guess, is my question.
2: Uh, there's no way I play him if Sanders plays, and um... – I'll do everything I, I think I'll do everything I can not to play him. It's just like the the Philly backfield other than Sanders is weird that like we just can't seem to get a single guy who's not Miles Sanders to get like a lot of touches. Like if Sanders is ruled out, I mean there's talk that uh like uh, Doug Peterson was saying like they expect Howard to to like have a role this weekend. Who knows what how big of a role that is, but like that uncertainty is enough for me to really hesitate on Boston Scott. Um, The problem is that like when you look at the other options, I don't really want to dive into this Seattle backfield. That seems completely split. Um, And even if it's not a 50 50 touch split, you have to think Marshawn Lynch gets the touches near the goal line. Um, And then you're like, okay, well now I have the new England backfield um, of James white or Sonny Michelle, Michelle is significantly cheaper on DraftKings just because he doesn't catch any passes. White's obviously basically a wide receiver who happens to get a few rushing attempts. So um, you're choosing between those guys, or if you want Carlos Hyde, I guess. Like, you get the, the it's it's ugly in this range, and I have been like slowly convincing myself that I think White is actually the guy, and uh, I only say that um, since I was writing up my article for the Slate that. Um, the, the Titans aren't, um, aren't like good or bad against the, against running backs this year in terms of fantasy points allowed. However, they've given up the third most catches to running backs, um, which on like the third most targets. So if like they're playing a defense that allows running backs to get out and catch passes, like isn't James White exactly the guy that you want?
1: Yeah, I have no problem with James White. Uh, I I usually avoid Patriots backfields, but you can't do that in a four-game slate. Um, I actually think Sony Michelle is the best play of anybody down in this range. I think that uh, I'm not a Sony Michelle guy, but forty six hundred kings and he finished really strong. And it, the, the touches are what's key to me. I mean, he yeah. had. 18, 21 and 19 carries the last three games. Pretty big shift from what they were doing earlier on this year. There was like a four games ago he like barely saw the field and then he had 89, 96 and 74 rush yards. You know, this is playoff time. The Pages are going to run the ball, uh, you know, if they they could get up in this game, as we mentioned earlier, even a small lead and, and they're going to run Michelle a ton. Um, he doesn't he doesn't catch passes, which kind of sucks on DraftKings. You mentioned that's why the price is low, but um, you know, Alvin Kamara had uh a, a, two touchdowns on them two weeks ago. Carlos Hyde had 104 yards and a touchdown in Week 15 against uh, against Tennessee. I just think that uh, I think he's mispriced in this slate. I think 4600 compared to where everybody else is is just too low. I'll I'll agree with that. Like Michelle being behind like Jordan uh, Howard or Latavius Murray seems. Made no team. sense considering how how much volume he has the last three weeks of the season when they when they have shifted kind of what they're trying to do and they're trying to get into their playoff mode. You could tell they're trying to do something different on offense because they were struggling. Um, I think they're going to lean on Michelle uh, way more than the the, the, the DraftKings price tag uh, plays out. Yeah, I'll agree with that. The only other guy I do like here, you mentioned Marshawn Lynch of the goal line. So that, that worries me on Travis Homer. But and Travis Homer looked good against the 49ers. He had 10 carries for 62 yards. When they really got going in the second half, it was a lot of like him and Russell Wilson kind of RPOs and you know deciding on the handoffs. He had five catches for 30 yards. Um, I think if you want to get down here in this range, I don't think Homer's a bad play at 5,300. I think he's got a little bit of upside there too. But the the goal line situation is real. If they get down to the two yard line, the one yard, line, they're going to want Marshawn to to get in the get in the game. Although maybe not as much as they did when they were at home. Like you could tell, they're trying to force that a little bit. But I still think any kind of short yardage goal line stuff is going to be Lynch. I mean, Lynch had more carries than Homer. Yeah, and uh, I, I, that was that was a mistake, by the way. <laughs> I think... Homer, Homer was way more effective, and I was, as a Niners fan, I was, I was way more concerned about him th- slashing a little bit than I was about Lynch going in the middle.
2: Yeah, I think the encouraging thing is 13 targets in the last two games uh, for yeah, Homer, I which...
1: Um,
2: I mean, he's definitely the guy. It's just, like we said, when they get close, Lynch is going to come out. But at 5,300, I guess it's not that bad to to have that. But I don't know. I'd probably do my best to avoid that situation.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of DraftKings, a note from DraftKings get a free six month subscription to RotoWire free via DraftKings. Follow those easy steps to receive your free subscription today. One, go to DraftKings.com slash RotoWire 2019 and create a new DraftKings account. Two, make your first deposit of at least $10, and then also get a six month RotoWire subscription free. That's a $60 value. You also receive a free $3 ticket for a one day Fantasy Sports contest deposited into your account. That expires after one year. Eligibility restrictions apply. Only new DraftKings users are eligible. See DraftKings.com slash Rotowire dash 2019 for all details. So, Anders, you get into quarterbacks and receivers, uh, kind of clump them together this week, I-, I think the big key on this slate is, um, do you build with Breeze and Thomas or do you not? Like, it seems like that's kind of uh, that's kind of the first decision you have to make when you build any kind of lineup on the slate. Uh, <clears throat> how many quarterbacks are you actually considering of the eight? uh, uh It's a really good question. I think the answer for me is three. Three? Okay. And is Tom Brady one of them? He's not. Like, he's the cheapest. He is the cheapest. Like, how does that happen? I mean, he's awful. Uh, But Well, he has over 300 yards once in the last 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And a three, like one three touchdown game since week six. I mean, it's just... A lack of weapons, he's just not that good, and I think they're going to run the ball more than pass. I, I, I don't. If you play at fifty eight hundred, like you're probably, uh, you're probably doing fine. But I just, there's other guys I like more and in a short slate. Is he's just not a guy I'm going to play. That's
2: how I feel. Like I just don't see like a monster game from Cousins or, or from Cousins from Brady, where you could see I, it. From I don't others. see a monster game from Cousins. No, no, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
3: No.
2: So I assume Breeze and Wilson are two of the three.
1: They're by far, far away the top two for me. I, I, I actually. Really like Russell Wilson this week. It's just he's more expensive than Breeze, which makes it really hard. So it's yeah. kind of a percentage play at that point. But I, I really like Russell Wilson this week with all the running back injuries. I think that in the second half of that Niners game, I think they finally realized that if they're going to move the ball and score, it's got to be Wilson and not kind of forcing the run game. Yep. And uh, I think he has a pretty game this week. I don't like the Eagles. D. They're, they're better at home, but I think that they're gettable, especially in the past game. It's just on DraftKings, he's more expensive.
2: So. I, th- I think those two are obviously the, the top two as well. I mean, there's a reason they're the most expensive. But the third one, like, I, I can't decide. Well, I think your third one is Carson Wentz. You're right. Because there's no way you play Josh Allen.
1: But, like, I, uh, why isn't I it Josh do, Allen? I. I could see it being Josh Allen. He's probably if you are if you're going to add a fourth one, he would probably be the guy just cuz I think that the upside is there in a GPP. I don't like the Houston defense. We talked about that earlier. Uh he has nine rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, Houston gave up 300 plus yards and and three touchdowns in three uh three of the last five games and three plus touchdowns like three times in the second half. There's just a lot of stats that that show that they're very gettable. Uh do you know Josh Allen's the only quarterback in the NFL not to have a 300-yard game at any point this year though? <laughs> um I probably I mean, would have put him on the list. Started, yeah. eight, started eight games or more. But, uh, yeah, I think Josh Allen has the upside because of the rushing touchdowns. But I think you need you need a rushing touchdown for him to work. And the way they build their offense, like he tends to get those inside the red zone. But um, I'd probably play Carson Wentz over him just because he's thrown 40 passes in seven straight games. I think that game going to be a little more back and forth than people think. I think that's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be some points scored in that game. I don't love either defense. Wes has so many damn injuries. I think, you know, Zach would have to play for me to me to play. Wentz probably to get another weapon in there, but yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't argue against Josh Allen. I just, uh, I think his ceiling is limited just because of the passing yards, but that rushing, the rushing TDs, uh, you know, do make him interesting.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, the fact that he's so close in price to breeze and Wilson has to make me think he's by far the lowest owned of that group. Like,
1: yeah, I think the automatically, when you look at those three, you're like, Oh, I'm not going to play Allen. He's definitely third of those three. And that's right. going to, that's gonna be a nice percentage play. And in a, in a short slate like this. If you can get a quarterback with some, you know, rushing TD upside, that's, that's interesting. If cause it's going to be low percentage.
2: Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, Thanksgiving because the bills were on that slate and, and everyone's like, Oh, why would you play Josh Allen? And, uh, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to scroll through quickly here at Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Ten carries, forty-three yards, and a touchdown on the ground. He had threw for one, two hundred thirty-one yards, uh, for uh, what was that twenty-three and a half points? Like that's, I think that's around where you can expect him to be ceiling-wise. And the Texans are kind of a team where you would think you'd get a ceiling game out of a quarterback, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't argue against that play. And I think that the point about him being the same price as Brees and Wilson is a really good one. I think mm-hmm. that people will automatically go to those uh, those guys first. Yeah. Okay.
2: So no uh, Deshaun. Uh, no no Deshaun Watson.
1: Not for me. I mean, he's 6,400, so uh, maybe some people play him just because the, the price looks nice. But uh, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards since week seven. The Bills only allowed two 300 passers all year and more than three touchdowns once. I just think it's a, it's a matchup play that I want no part of. It's got Tredavious White, their, their best player on defense, is going to be able to guard DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, maybe if Will Fuller plays, uh, it kind of opens up the offense a little bit. But uh, he'd definitely be fourth for me among uh, – He'd be fifth for me among the guys over six thousand.
2: So you put him ahead of Tannehill.
1: I put him ahead of Tannehill this week. I just, uh, I, I just don't want any part of going to the New England defense. I know that Miami played well last week. I just, I don't think I can do it. So you don't. To, so you played. don't
2: want the quarterback of the best offense in football.
1: I know it's crazy, okay. right? I mean, he's got multiple TDs in seven straight games. I just, uh, I'm not doing it on the road against a Belichick defense. If, uh, if, if I get burned on that, I'm okay with that. It's just not a play that I'm making this week.
2: Yeah, the way I've been looking at the Patriots is. Uh the reason why they're struggling is not because of the defense. Like so if the defense is still elite, then why am I taking multiple yeah. guys? And everybody's
1: against them? freaking out about the Stefan Gilmore game last week. He got lit up by Devontae Parker, he but did. Devontae Parker pretty much lit up anybody la- the last uh, the last last month of the season last two months of the season. Um I don't know. Stephon Gilmore's still really good. He's probably going he might even win defensive player of the year. I think he's the favorite for that right now. Um I'm not gonna take one game against a guy like that and, and kind of throw out the other fifteen weeks. I just I can go other ways. I'm just I'm not gonna play Tannehill. It may burn me. I kind of hope it does. I'd love to see. uh, I'd love to see them win that game. I love AJ Brown to death, but um, not who I'm playing this week. Yeah. Okay. I get that. So in the receivers, uh, Michael Thomas is obviously the guy we talked about him nine thousand times a year. He's ninety three hundred on DraftKings. I think he's gonna be obviously the the highest owned receiver. I think everybody's gonna automatically go and click and play him. He has ten plus catches nine times. I get all the stats. Um, Are you playing him this week? Is is it kind of one of your cornerstones? You just kind of move on from there.
2: He's he he was the first guy in my lineup. Like uh, yeah. people love to say that, but like literally when we, <laughs> when I went in, um, there was a brief chat before prices came out, um, in our subscriber discord. somebody was like, I hope that Thomas isn't like ten five because like, that's probably where he should be on a short slate when they're favored by eight and a half. So like 9,300, that put it in my head. So 9,300, I'm like, Oh, that's pretty good. Like, <laughs> um, especially because like, I don't like, it's a, uh, $2,600 difference. Um, excuse me, $1,600 difference to DeAndre Hopkins on DraftKings, uh, who's the second most expensive. But it's like the Hopkins' matchup, AJ Brown is right behind him. Their matchups are just so bad that, yep. um, Thomas, like, Thomas seems like a very easy play to me.
1: Yeah. And the Vikings have had trouble with wide receivers all year, but you yeah. kind of talked about that. Xavier Rhodes has not played well. Um, They've given up 500-yard receivers the last eight games. So I, I think that Thomas – is. there's not much else to say about him. It's just a, it's a, an elite play and a good matchup at home. And a, with a great quarterback, it, it's hard to really get away from that one. Uh, you mentioned Hopkins. He's get, facing up against Tredavious White. The Bills have given up one touchdown to a wide receiver, one all year long. Kind of a crazy stat there. Uh, he does have eight-plus targets in every game since week three. Uh, the, you know, the Bills have only allowed one touchdown over 15 yards all year long. It's just they, they, they play so well against the deep ball. Um, I don't know. I just think that I'm going to probably just go Thomas and then just kind of go cheaper wide receivers. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of Hopkins this week.
2: Yeah. I, I just don't see a build where you're taking Thomas and Hopkins or Thomas and Brown because you're basically taking yourself out of the expensive running backs and not that like you need to play Derrick Henry or, or Dalvin cook, uh, or Kamara. Like I think the, the way you're going to have to look at it is, am I going to get more out of the, uh, six K ish running backs that, Or even down to Sonny Michelle, like, am I going to get more out of them or a 4,500 to 6,500 wide receiver? And so then it's like, oh, maybe, I mean, Thomas just takes up a decent amount of the salary cap that you're not going to be able to get a lot of these guys. And so that's why I think like Hopkins and Brown could be pretty under-owned just because like I'm struggling to see the builds where they make sense.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna play Michael Thomas and you have to play at least one of those running backs, it's just it's almost impossible to fit Hopkins or Brown in there. Right. So you're probably right in a GPP situation. I I'd probably prefer AJ Brown myself. I just think he's so dynamic and so good. But you know he's got Stephon Gilmore, really tough matchup. We mentioned Devontae Parker last week, but Stephon Gilmore's obviously still really good. Um, wide receivers, uh, you know they have only had four touchdowns all year against the Patriots. Although three of those three of those five were in the last three of those were in the last five weeks. So maybe they're bleeding a little bit, but still a spot where I should probably. I'm probably not going to focus on the, the Titans' passing game that much.
2: Yeah, I mean, for cash games, I just don't, I don't see the the reward in paying seventy four hundred for AJ Brown. Yeah.
1: And I love AJ Brown, but I, I fully agree there. Uh, Julian Edelman in that same game, sixty five hundred DraftKings. Uh, he's pretty banged up to close the season. Only eighteen targets last week, so you could tell he was not himself out there. He mentioned uh, earlier today that he is feeling better. Uh, Logan Ryan, who plays the the slot there, uh, has been has struggled all year long against slot receivers, so the matchup's pretty good for Edelman. Uh, it, how do you feel about him at six thousand five hundred? Are you are you okay with the banged up? Are you worried about that? Uh, where do you fall in Edelman this week?
2: I don't know how you like can't be worried about it. I mean, there's just been the the volume recently has been awful. Um, we're talking about the, th- the last three games where he has um, was this eighteen targets zero yep. in the red zone, like zero. Yep. Uh, and what's we you know, Edelman doesn't score like a ton of touchdowns, but he is like a red zone. He's he's active in the red zone for them, and so. Uh, to not get a single look in there is, uh, has to be a little concerning. And so, um, I think like a healthy Edelman at 6,500 home against the Titans is like a steal. Um, but you just have to think like, if he's really that limited, uh, and you're, you know, if, if your realistic floor for Edelman is like nine to 11 targets, um, do you have to lower that to like seven to nine, um based on this thought, it's really just the injury that you're worried about like the matchup i think you're not even thinking about the price i think is perfectly fine but if that injury lingers like maybe i like james white more because of the injury or whatever but i don't know that new england passing game as a whole is really ugly
1: yeah he's the guy that, that, that needed to buy more than anybody and that yeah. that awesome i really hurt edelman uh, how about the the Seattle wide receivers? I actually like both of them this week. Uh, you look at Tyler Lockett, he's the more expensive one. 7,200 on DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. The targets have been up the last two weeks, and that's kind of always the, th- the concern we had with Lockett. was like they kind of go away from him. It's only a big play guy, but he has nine, eight, and seven targets last weeks. They've, they've been focusing on him. Uh, the Eagles have allowed 95 yards to wide receiver four the last five. And you look at the stats since week 13. Michael Gallup was five for 98 last week. Terry McLaurin, five for 130. Darius Slayton, five for 154 and on two touchdowns. Devonte Parker seven for one fifty two and two touchdowns. Like there have been huge games against this uh, this Eagles uh, Eagles is <laughs> Why I liked Amari Cooper a couple weeks ago, it didn't work out. Um, but I think Lockett or Metcalf, one of them is going to have a big game. You know, figuring out who it is is, is a little more difficult. But uh, how do you feel about these two guys? And there's, is is do you have a preference? Is it just kind of price based? Uh, how do you feel about these two?
2: I have that problem of like, how do you know which one to take? I mean, this isn't right. like Godwin Evans, but um, I mean, you obviously get a salary break with Metcalf, but like Lockett's targets are up, but they're, I mean, I feel like he's just as inconsistent. I mean, Metcalf is coming off a huge game last week uh, in terms of targets. Like he had 12 targets last week. Um,
1: But then he he had the, he had the non Richard Sherman side of the field, which, uh, which helped his cause.
2: Sure. Sure. Um, But like he had 10 targets total in weeks, 14, 15. um, And he had one that Arizona game.
1: That Arizona game was weird. He had one target. Yeah, so like, it was a strange game.
2: I don't know. It's a Lockett falls in that same salary range as Brown and Hopkins. Of like, do I have? Do I even have money for that range? And but I think Matt. I mean, matchup wise, you. I don't know why you would play Hopkins or Brown over Lockett. um, At least just, just based on price and matchup, Hopkins I think is a significantly better receiver. Obviously, but um, I don't know the the eleven hundred on DraftKings to Metcalf made me think, like, maybe I'll just play Metcalf. And then when you look at the guys in Metcalf's range, you're like, oh, maybe there are actually other guys I'd rather play. Um, But because, like, paying up for Lockett means now you're... Maybe you're not playing any of those top three running backs or you're playing Drew, uh, Tom Brady or, you know, the pricing feels soft this week because, like, we don't have any guys other than Thomas who are, like, way up there and everybody's kind of condensed. But it's not, like... When you actually get into a construction, like you're going to have to pay down at some spots in order to get a, a $6,500 level wide receiver on DraftKings. So uh, it's a little tougher than that, which makes me think like I I struggled to get a, a build where like Lockett was in and I was like, oh, OK, I like the rest of this because um, it's a decent amount of salary for it. So then you're relying on Metcalf not to have one target. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I, think that week 16 game against Arizona was just weird overall. But um, so we mentioned the Houston defense, how we don't like them. They've struggled with uh, receivers, fast receivers this year. Um, How do you feel about John Brown coming in 6,000 on DraftKings then?
2: Brown was the one when I was like, well, if I'm going to play Metcalf, maybe I should just play Brown. Um, Right. It's funny to see Brown and Beasley basically or exactly the same price on DraftKings. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Right next to each other, not the same price. Yeah. But Beasley. 6,
1: 600. Yeah. yeah.
2: Beasley, 12 targets, 108 yards against the Patriots in week 16. And it's like, oh, okay. Maybe that's why they're they're close. But, I mean, Brown, the the thing with Brown is you're like, all right, well, now I'm relying on Josh Allen, um, which is always a scary thing. But I think Brown is, is the best option in this ring. Like, I like him more than, than Thielen at 6,200. Like, I wish Thielen had, like, one full game under his belt. Like, I know he's been playing, but, like,
1: we hard, just, hard, hard to go there. I mean, right. he just he's played twice since week nine. He has what seven targets? He has three catches. It's just, I mean, you could go. I mean, he's obviously really good. You can kind of go leap of faith there, but against New Orleans, that's that's a it's a tough one to get to for me.
2: That's what it is. It's like a leap of faith, and so yeah. Um, I guess we're taking we'd rather take a leap of faith against the Texans defense than than otherwise. But yeah, I really like Brown this week.
1: Yeah, I I do too. He's he's in bold on my sheet here. He's one that that definitely stuck out to me. I'm a little bit worried about. Um, he's not quite as active as he was in, in early in the season. He had uh, he had under four targets zero times the week eleven. Then he has four targets in three of the last five. Oh, yeah. But I think he's really good. I think that uh, you know he's he's a guy that could take the top off the defense. I think he's the the best option there in a, in a spot where I do like uh, I do like them to score some points for sure for sure. Uh, before I get to the sure. uber cheap guys, where I do like a couple of them, and you're, we're going to need some uber cheap guys this week to get everybody else in. We have, do have Greg Ward kind of in the middle here fifty two hundred on DraftKings. Pretty much the, the Eagles wide receiver one right now with all their injuries. Uh, nine, nine, five, and seven targets the last four weeks. Hasn't topped 75 yards, but does 17 catches the last three weeks. Pretty nice. Uh, nice number for PPR, especially how cheap he's been recently. Uh, Seattle's about eight 100-yard receivers in the year. I don't think their pass defense is good. Again, I think that lives on reputation. Uh, Debo Samuel had 102 yards in them last week. Uh, do you like Gray Ward this week?
2: I think Ward is the cheapest, reliable wideout on the slate. I
1: think it's a good way to put it. Uh,
2: so... Once you go under him, uh, you're just hoping. Um, so that's that's the big thing with him is that he's the cheapest guy I'm willing to trust for cash games, and then now I have to like convince myself of other people. Uh, unfortunately, I need at least one of them. <laughs> so, um, but I think so, there's going to be so a under, lot of uh, Michael Thomas, Greg Ward combos.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. So under five thousand, you mentioned you're gonna need you're gonna need someone. Uh, I have two guys here who I think are playable and interesting. Obviously, you're not gonna get anything consistent, anything reliable down here, but a couple interesting names. But I, I would ask you, who under five thousand, is there anybody that uh, that you like, uh, you know, maybe a little more than the others?
2: Yeah, the the two that I keep going back and forth on are the reasons why I don't want to play either of them are <laughs> uh, Mohammed Sanu and, and Keel Harry because, like, if Edelman is really that banged up, like Brady's gonna have to throw his passes somewhere, and those guys have gotten like just enough targets over the last few games to like make you think that they're okay. Like otherwise, I mean, Corey Davis or, I mean, you're just going like really far down the depth chart after that, uh, that it makes me, at least we know that those guys are going to be on the field (laughs) like for more than 20 snaps, but I don't feel good about either of them because of the other guy, if that makes sense
1: can't you just see the Nikhil Harry breakout game being in week one for the Patriots in the playoffs? Like you could just kind of, you can see that headline get ridden, right? Maybe, maybe I, he's,
2: he's the one I chose,
1: uh, at least on the, whenever the last time I put a lineup together, uh, over was, Sanu, uh, but yeah, he was one of my two. I mean, he had seven start targets. Last, so you can tell that Brady's trying to get him more involved, but I mean, he hasn't topped 30 yards all year. So you right. talk about leap of faith. That's pretty big. Too. Yeah.
2: He did have one, but, one touchdown. I can't remember who it was against uh, that they called him out of bounds and he wasn't. And the yeah, Patriots right. didn't have a, t- didn't have a, uh, timeout to, to challenge it. So it was probably against the jets, which is why I remember it. But, um, so I'm going to pretend that he has a touchdown, which makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't, I can't remember. I remember that play. I can't remember who it was against either. I don't, but, uh, so the other guy in this range, I think you're obviously going to know who it is just because I've talked about it a few times this year, 4,000 on draftings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is Trey Smith. Yep. Um, Played twice as many snaps as Ted Ginn over the last three weeks. He had five targets last week, the most he had all year. Has scored in four of the last six weeks. So, you know, he's only topped two catches twice all year. So, I mean, this is not another leap of faith here. But when you get a guy who's... It looks like the wide receiver two right now in an offense that has the highest implied total on the slate uh, is the best offense on the slate. I think that's pretty clear. He's playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. is playing indoors. He's playing against a, against a defense that we're not concerned about uh, stopping the pass. I think Traquan Smith is actually a really good play this week at 4,000. You know, he, It's obviously it's a boomer bust type of guy, but he's involved. He's involved in the red zone. He's catching some touchdowns. He's just involved in an offense going to score a lot of points. Um, if you're going to give me a situation like that in a short slate, I think I'm going to have a bunch of Traquan Smith this week.
2: I think mean, that's absolutely right. And I'm just going to quickly make a Ted Gin line up here. Hold on.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's, that's a good <laughs> call.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, Kwan, I mean, I've,
1: I've missed time. badly a couple of times this year. He, but uh, I, I just think in a situation like this, he's the perfect setup and matchup. And if you're going to get someone at 4,000 and that kind of offense, um, you know, in a Saints stack, I obviously really like it. So if you're going to go – I like going Breeze, Thomas, and Smith. Uh, it's just – it, you, you probably want Jared Cook if you're doing that, but he's expensive. He's a little more expensive than everybody else. I mean he's, uh, he's 4,900, so he's 900 more. So not, not that much more expensive actually when I look at it. He's a he's 1,000 more on FanDuel. But um, I think at 4,000, if you're going to play someone, it's Traquan Smith or Nikhil Harry to me. I think they're they're a step above uh, kind of all the other cheaper guys, at least for me. I think that's, that's the right read. Yep. So tight ends, I think it's very clear that uh, Dallas Goddard's going to be the most uh, – the, the highest owned, 5,200 with uh, – especially if Zach Ertz is out. Uh, if Ertz plays, maybe Goddard and Jared Cook get uh, kind of split ownership a little bit. Uh, Cook, uh, you know, only nine targets last week. But he has nine touchdowns the last ten games. Very much of a – kind of the deeper and red zone target for Drew Brees. He's kind of taken over that, that role for – they've been looking for somebody in that spot. And it's kind of been Cook over the last like second half of the season. He's over 50 yards six straight weeks. Uh, do you like? Uh, do you have a strong feeling uh, between Cook and Goddard? Um, is there anybody else that you want to play besides these two guys? Um, it's
2: definitely Goddard over Cook for me. Um, okay. Goddard, I think you can still consider even if Ertz plays. Um,
1: I do too. I mean, six six plus targets in seven straight weeks, and a lot of those are with Zach Ertz.
2: Right, right, and uh, I mean, we know that Ertz is not going to be 100 percent even if he plays. So. Uh, I yeah. think Goddard's perfectly fine. And um, the only other guy I consider on this slate, only because once you start going down, like, I think Jacob Hollister is like, I think they're all fine. Like, I think Hollister's fine. I think John Smith is fine. Um, Dawson Knox I is wish, only 2,900.
1: I wish Hollister was like 3,700. seven
2: yes, I, I agree. Play. I agree. He's just
1: so, so close to Cook that it's hard to get there. But I, yeah, I think he's you know, 14 targets last couple of weeks. And the, the Seahawks really used him. on I mean, he had, the, he had the play that almost scored at the end of the Niners game uh, last week. Uh, he'd be my guy too, but I just, I wish he was a little cheaper. So go ahead with Dawson Knox. Sorry. Yeah, no,
2: I think Knox could actually be popular um, just because he's, uh, he does catch passes. Um, he's very cheap. He's playing against the worst defense of the, of the eight game, eight teams. Uh, and he doesn't, you know, he provides the salary savings that you You get the opposite effect from when you pay up for Goddard or Cook or Ertz, and so um, if you play Ertz or Goddard, you're most likely paying significantly down for two wide receivers. Like I think you're possibly going in with like Traquan Smith and uh, Inkeel Harry, uh, which you know is not terrible. But um,
1: you go you go you go Inkeel, huh? I go Nikhil.
2: Nikhil? Oh, Uh, I don't know. Whatever.
1: I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, find, out, we'll find out this week when he yeah. scores twice. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, to be honest, Harry is a first name. So.
1: True. Whatever. <laughs>
2: uh, so. And Knox
1: is, I mean, I think we mentioned, but 2,900 is really cheap. Right.
2: Right. I mean, yeah. I think. I think he could be the second most popular one because he's so cheap. And it's a slate where, um, you know, on smaller slates like this, where big scores, it's it's tougher to make up a big score. Um, so you're going to want guys like Michael Thomas or Drew Brees. Uh, so I just don't know if like Dallas Goddard put a, puts up a huge enough score where you're like, man, I can't make up that score because I, uh, you know, from Goddard and uh, A.J. Brown versus Michael Thomas and Knox, someone like that.
1: Yeah, and Knox, you know, n- not a lot of big stuff. He only has sixty over sixty yards once all year, but he does play. He's involved. He has four targets in three last four games. So he's, a, he's not a pure punt guy like no. he should. Be involved in. This is a defense that we like attacking. I mean, you could see him. You could see him actually being okay And if he catches three or four balls. He's probably going to pay off just fine at the price.
2: Right, right. I mean, he's the same price as this guy Joshua Perkins, who's like the backup tight end for the Eagles, which obviously could be the number two if Ertz doesn't. He, but like,
1: he scored last week. He right? did score last week. Yes. Yeah. Um. I've ever seen him score. I'm like, I don't know who Perkins. is. Yeah. I have no idea who that
2: is. Not Paul Perkins. That's all I knew. Not Paul
1: Perkins. Um,
2: but yeah, I mean it, he's kind of in this range of the Texans tight ends who, uh, don't really do anything on a consistent basis at least. And so, um, Aikens, I did, uh, did have seven targets last week, but, uh, going against the Buffalo defense is not really one I want to get involved with. So I don't know. I, the, the builds that I had with, uh, Goddard, um, I'm not sure I liked as much as the ones I liked that I had with Knox only because, um, I mean, it's, it's a significant salary difference for a position that doesn't, you know, you don't hear a lot of like slate breaking tight ends that aren't, uh, George Kittle or Travis Kelsey.
1: Right. Exactly. That's a, uh, that's very true. And a good point. Lastly, real quick on defense. Uh, do you have a preferred defense among the eight this week?
2: Uh, I really don't. Um, like you can make a case for any of them. Some of them are just because they're cheap. Um, So I, I really don't like, I don't think uh, the Patriots defense uh, needs to be like the most, or I don't think you need to like prioritize them. Like we've had at points this season, although 3,400 is probably the cheapest they've been all year. Um, I think Buffalo is probably my favorite at 3,100, but um, the way that there was another, like just the way that construction came down that, uh, Thirty one hundred was a little too much at, than what I had for for a defense.
1: Yeah, for me it's the Saints at three thousand on DraftKings. They're expensive on Fanduel. They're forty seven hundred. I just think Phew. that the, the Saints force force turnovers. They're at home, like the best game script of the of the of the batch home sure. game, except the biggest favorite. Um, Kirk Cousins can make some mistakes late if you need him to. So uh, for me, uh, probably the Saints in a lot of my lineups, unless I go uber cheap. But at three thousand, I think they're they're workable and they're they're my favorite defense pretty far. Pretty far and away this week. If I'm going to pay, it's going to be the Saints. I think they're, uh, I think they're the play. I like them more than New England at four dollars less. I definitely like them more. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, it's a it's a four game slate. You're going to be a defense that probably scores. Uh, good luck trying to figure it out. But if, for me, it, it's yeah. the Saints. And, uh, it, but you know, it, it's tough on these short slates. Some defense is going to score and be be a big difference maker.
2: It's going to be the Patriots. It's always the
1: Patriots. Uh, it, probably you could just see Tan Hill in the second half throw pick six, right? At least one. Oh, wow. At least one. Uh, I'm still going the Saints. Okay. I I think that's fine. Anybody else uh, that you want to talk about on this, uh, this short but fun slate? No, I think we got everyone I wanted to discuss. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. Uh, we will be back at you next week for the uh, Divisional Round, so look forward to that. It should be some really good games uh, next weekend. Uh, thanks for listening. If you could please, please rate and review the podcast, that would be fantastic. If you enjoy listening to us all year, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Scott Jensted. Andrew is at Andrew. Other than that, we'll be back at you next week. Hope everybody has a fantastic week and happy new year.